This is Express FM. Supported by the University of Portsmouth. Wait for the whistle to blow. And we are underway on Express FM. For the fans, by the fans. The atmosphere around Fratton at the moment is great. And that's spilled over into the training ground. And the boys are very, very positive. Giving you... A voice. Everyone has got a smile on their face. It's going really well and it's up to us to keep that even in the tough moments. This is the Football Hour. And it's a good one. With Jake Smith. A dominating display at Fratton sees Pompey bounce straight back to winning ways. Cross comes into the danger area. Heads go up. Pompey win. Chance for Lang. 4-0 Portsmouth. Lang has 2-2. Two two. Callum Lang with his second goal in as many games on Saturday to round off a scoring for the Blues against Northampton Town on an afternoon tarnished somewhat by a bonkers decision from referee Sam Perkis. McIntyre is up on his feet and the red card is brought out and Tom McIntyre's debut has come to an end. Mark Leonard then in toward the end to add a consolation for the visitors and to be fair, it was quite some strike too. On the way this evening, we'll provide you with full reaction to the weekend's victory for the Blues at PO4, including the post-match thoughts of Marlon Pack. And the character that the boys show to go 10 men and to still continue to press and then obviously score another two goals, I think is a real testament to this group and what we've built so far this season. Stick with us between now and 7 to hear that interview with the Blues captain, as well as John Bassinio too. He's been speaking about Saturday's performance and the resilience from his side to still go on and put in the performance they did despite the setback. Real sort of rampant display in the first half. Um, came out in the second half, it was slightly more cagey, but to respond like we did when we went down to 10 men was, was excellent. We'll also tonight hear from Portsmouth's fifth and final signing of the January transfer window. Owen Moxon has been talking about what he can add to the squad. I can create goals, score goals as well. I want to add more goals to my game, so that's something I'm going to try and improve on as well and hopefully bring to the team. Plenty on the way for you here on the Football Hour, where we'll also sandwich in the thoughts of our two studio guests. You're listening to Portsmouth's Express FM, and this is right where you need to be for your passionate Pompey debrief. The Football Hour. Driven by Stagecoach across the South. Download the app now from the App Store or Google Play to view up-to-date timetable information and to prepay for your journey. Express FM. A very good evening and welcome along to the Football Hour here on Express FM. It's fantastic to have you join us on the show tonight where we'll be bringing you a recap of the events at Fratton Park on Saturday and we'll also review what went down at the AGL Arena on Sunday where the Portsmouth women were in action away at Ipswich in the FA Women's National League Southern Premier Division. And of course, Blues fans, we want to hear from you between now and seven. To get in touch, you can either text your name and your message starting with the word Express to 81400 Email Pompey at expressfm.com. Post on X using our handle, which is at expressfm. Go to facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live or find us on your phone's relevant app store. Download the Express FM app to send us a type message or even a voice note if you fancy it. Full reaction to come from Pompey's 4-1 win at home to Northampton Town. Let's start off by revisiting a fantastic day at Fratton Park. Every kick. Left a great delivery. Every goal. Curling it past the goalkeeper. Every game is right here. Oh, I don't believe it. Pompey Live. What a moment for Pompey. On Express FM. Referee blows his whistle. And we're underway at Fratton Park. And it finds Pierre Harris and Pompey got it outside the penalty area back to Ogilvy. Ogilvy drives in field. Nice run this from Ogilvy. Right foot, it's shot. It's decent. It's field. And Bishop puts it in. But the flag is up. And the goal won't count. Offside. Still nil nil. Pack will have to deliver. Left hand in the air. It's the Northampton penalty area. Good delivery. Ogilvy. And Ogilvy scores. Glancing ahead of past the goalkeeper. It's a brilliant print. Ogilvy wasn't going to miss from there. He's got his second goal of the season. Portsmouth 1, Northampton Town 0. And Lane's away down the right-hand side. Force wide with his touch. Lane into the Northampton penalty area. Paddy Lane, 2-0 Portsmouth. The Northern Irishman scores. Pat gets the congratulations. A second assist for him. Portsmouth double their lead. 16 gone, Portsmouth 2, Northampton Town 0. Bishop wins the ball back, Peter Harris cries of shoot, turns away from trouble, lays it off, packs to deliver again with his left foot to the near post, shot hits his knee, Ogilvy, does he score? No, it's cleared away from behind the goalkeeper. Peter Harris to the dead ball line, looking to go round, he's gone down under a challenge, and the referee says, penalty kick to Portsmouth. Bishop will strike it right-footed, and it's saved again, and Rafferty chips it back into the keeper's hands, and Bishop has missed the second consecutive penalty. And the half-time whistle goes, and Portsmouth are in control 
of the break. They lead by two goals to nil. McIntyre is up on his feet and the red card is brought out and Tom McIntyre's debut has come to an end. Eight minutes in the start of the second half with Pompey leading 2-0. Northampton try and play it short. Oh, they make a mess of it. And suddenly Lang's away and Lane's trying to get with him. Can he play it square, Lang? He will, it's slightly behind Lane. Lane's in though. Lane to shoot. Scores! 3-0 to Portsmouth. A disastrous free kick from Northampton. And they are punished to the full extent with Paddy Lane smashing it past Lee Burge. Northampton nil. Cross comes into the danger area. Heads go up. Pompey win. Chance for Lang. 4-0 Portsmouth. Lang has two in two. The ball looped up in the air. And there was Callum Lang to smash it past the goalkeeper. Portsmouth maybe down to ten men. They've got a fourth. It's Portsmouth four. Northampton town nil. Losing the penalty area. Shot. Block. Another shot to come in. Pinnock, oh, what a goal. Pinnock has smashed that in. It's bounced off the underside of the crossbar, down on the line and into the roof of the net. He has absolutely hammered that one, Mitch Pinnock. It is the Portsmouth 4, Northampton Town 1. That'll do, says Sam Perkis, the referee. And Portsmouth record a comprehensive, comfortable and thoroughly deserved victory. All the unmissable action. Pompey Live on Express FM. Yeah, there we are then. The highlights of Saturday's 4-1 victory for Pompey at home to Northampton Town. Right, let's go through the other results from the weekend in League One. Then Oxford United 1, Reading 1 was the early kickoff at the Cassam Stadium. It also finished Bolton 1, Barnsley 1, Burton Albion 0, Lincoln City 1, Charlton Athletic 0, Derby County 1, Cheltenham Town 1, Wickham Wanderers 3. Exeter City nil, Bristol Rovers one, Fleetwood Town three, Port Vale nil. A first win in a lot of games for Fleetwood there, uh, coming off the foot of the table. We'll get on to the divisional standings in just a second. Leighton Orient three, Carlisle United two, Peterborough two, Wigan Athletic three, Shrewsbury Town one, Cambridge United two, and Stevenage one. Blackpool nil. So let's take a look at the League One table. We'll start at the bottom for a change, shall we? Saturday's opponents for Pompey in the next League One fixture for the Blues. Carlisle United are now bottom of the League One table after five consecutive defeats. They have 20 points on the board and are 10 points adrift of safety. Fleetwood Town, Cheltenham and Reading occupy the relegation zone as things stand. Pompey remain top of the table after Saturday's win. They are now four points clear of second place Derby County, who move up into the automatic promotion spots. Bolton Wanderers drop down into third position after a one-all draw with Barnsley on Saturday. They have 58 points on the board. That is five behind Pompey with three games in hand. Peterborough United in fourth with 56 points and Barnsley and Stevenage making up the remainder of the playoff positions. Oxford United and Blackpool just outside in seventh and eighth positions uh, respectively. Right, let's get on to the debrief of Saturday's game at Fratton Park and uh, it was top marks for Pompey at PO4 and it's top marks here in the studio for the footblower. We've got two marks on the show and we're going to start off with Mark Coates. Mark, a very good evening to you and thank you very much for joining us. Good evening. What a lovely occasion it is. What a wonderful result, mate. Uh, indeed, and to be talking about uh, another victory for Pompey, three victories in the last four. Four unbeaten, of course, that draw with Oxford United last Tuesday night. They've certainly turned a corner after it was a, a pretty bad run of form over, over the New Year period. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll come on to it, but we've got to look to the new signings to uh, explain that. I mean, the, the energy, the the vision, the opportunities that were created, uh, it was a different Pompey. And I think that was the difference looking at Northampton Town. As far as I know, they didn't get any um, newcomers, certainly not on deadline day. Uh, and they looked tired, they looked devoid of ideas. And, and, and I think it might be the best January window that I can remember. And alongside myself and Mark Coates this evening, we have Mark number two. Mark McGee is on the footblower tonight. Mark, a very good evening to yourself. Hi, Jake. It's a pleasure to be here, buddy, as always. 
uh, for con- continuity and to, to keep things, uh, try and keep it as simple as possible, we're going to refer to Mark McGee as Mark, and we're going to uh, refer to Mark Coates as uh, Coatesy. Uh, I think that's probably the easiest way to do it. Um, Mark McGee, your, your, your name doesn't quite drift into a McGee, otherwise we'll be here forever pronouncing these at the end of that. But um, <laughs> y- your, your overall thoughts on Saturday's game then, uh, Mark. Um, Pompey 4-1 winners over Northampton Town. Was that the kind of dominant performance and you know the real goal fest that you've been expecting uh, for, for Pompey over the last few weeks? Yeah, to be honest, I mean it was a it was a pleasant surprise. I mean, um, when I saw the team sheet, I was I was feeling optimistic, especially after Lang's introduction at uh, Oxford. But um, yeah, my thoughts are just that we looked every bit the side that are supposed to be leading the table, and um, I, I think we looked really confident as well. Which, um, all things considered, after sort of you know shipping a late equaliser um at oxford or after conceding a late equalizer at oxford it, it was nice to see us sort of start so brightly um and what i loved was the fact that pert harris and callum lang sort of had a bit more freedom and i found that callum lang was in the middle of the pitch quite often and i felt that he actually provided that sort of connection and support that colby bishop's actually probably been lacking a little bit recently so yeah all, all round a great display um and yeah, some fantastic goals as well. We're going to go through the goals um, in a little bit later on. We're going to go through the game chronologically, of course. Uh, but first, let's hear the post-match thoughts of the captain uh, on Saturday afternoon. Marlon Pack has been speaking to Max Swatton after the game. Marlon, how pleased are you with that? Yeah, really pleasing. I think um, probably off the back of a little bit of disappointment. Well, say a little, quite a bit on uh, on Tuesday. But I think the way we started the game probably... Uh, I think show that we, we got over that one and um, I think they gave us a real good platform. I think that's that's how we want to start and that's how we speak about starting every game. Um, but yeah, fantastic. And then and then the character that the boys show to go 10 men down and, and still continue to press and then obviously score another two goals, I think is a real testament to this group and, um, and what we've built so far this season. That fast start, is that something the Gaffer pinpointed ahead of the game? I think we've always spoke about it this year, but obviously that season said they're done when uh, teams are coming to Fratton Park. So... Um, of course, you want to start every game at a high tempo, um, especially with our fans behind us. So, yeah, uh, something we spoke about a lot this season, um, and it's good to obviously showcase it and um, reap the rewards from that as well. You were involved in the first two goals. Just talk us through them, what you remember of them. Yeah, um, obviously, we've had a few uh, different set piece takers this season. Uh, I'm, I'm on them at the minute, so they're mine to lose. And uh, yeah, I think, you, you know, as always, as a set piece taker, you're just looking to hit an area. Um, and we've, as we've shown, I think, from my whole time here, that uh, we're very productive from set pieces. We've got some, some really big lads that are going to attack the ball very well. So for me, it's putting it in the right area, and hopefully, the, the, uh, the lads get on the end of it. Um, and then the second one, um, they're quite a high line for the game, something we spoke about previously. So um, we tidied up the ball really well, and uh, I think Paddy always makes that great run. So trying to pick him out, and, uh, and obviously Paddy done the rest. Obviously, you were on the pitch. You saw the red card happen. One of the main talking points of the game. How did you sort of see it from your point of view? Yeah, I mean, I, I won't repeat what I said to the referee because um, that would get me in trouble. But I just think it's a really strong tackle. I haven't seen it back, but. Um, I think he has probably caught him on the follow-through, but if Tom doesn't do that, I think he gets injured himself, um, and it will be going in with a kind of like a limp, a limp leg, and, and that's when you're looking at where Tom could potentially break his leg. So I haven't seen it back, but it didn't look high, didn't look reckless. It just looked like a fair, strong challenge, and unfortunately, their player has, you know, been on the rough end of it. But that's football. Um, and that's why I think nowadays you see less and less tackling in the game because players are scared of, of getting sent off because it doesn't take much nowadays to get a red card. Obviously, you say about their player looking on the rough end of it. Tom, Tom himself, you know, had to get treatment as well, and obviously that was his that was his debut. What did you make of it up to that point, and and how was it playing with him? I think credit to, to all the lads that are making their debut. I, mean, I know obviously Laney come off the bench last week, and, and sorry, on Tuesday made a real impact, but I think he showed again. The difference he, he brings to us in that in that attacking midfield position, um, a real directness and robustness that um, we've probably been lacking at times this year. I think Tom was a, was a real calm character back there, considering you know I know he's played at a high level, but he's he's just joined the group this week, hasn't played much football this year, um, real calm and influence, and probably the tackle probably uh, shows what type of character and how committed he is. So. Um, 
yeah, I don't know the the the, the depths of his injury yet, but um, hopefully it's not too serious and he'll be back with the group soon after obviously he serves his suspension. Obviously, aside from those two boys, how well have how well have the other lads settled in as well? Obviously, as you say, Callum and Tom have settled in really well. Does that say a lot about the group we have here? Yeah, I mean to be fair to Callum, he's a, he's a typical scouts lad. He's probably settled in quicker than snow. Um, but I, I think we, we've spoke about it numerous times, Maxwell, we try to build something this year where when you do have new lads come into the building, um, they feel like they can settle in quickly. Um, obviously, it helps when you're coming to a team that are doing well. Um, and I think for us as a group, I think I can speak on behalf of the rest of the lads, it's given us a real boost. And I'm sure as the fan base where um, we've brought in some really good personnel to, to add to what we've already got in the building. Fratton Park bouncing at points today. How, how good was that to, to hear? Yeah, I think they've deserved that at Fratton Park, really, because I think as much as we've been dominant in, in most home games, we've probably ended up only winning by the other goal. And that's another thing we spoke about is when we have been so dominant, let's go and kill teams off. And it's good to give them um, you know, a few goals to cheer about today, especially off the back of the last home game here. Uh, and for us to continue that momentum, I mean, if I'm going to be too picky, really annoyed with the goal we conceded because I think the clean sheet would have been a just reward for all our efforts. So that's something we need to look at. But I think on the whole, you know, four goals at home in front of a fantastic um, support. As always, it's it's really good. And then it's a, obviously a week's rest and onto another busy period. Yeah, Marlon Pack there speaking after Saturday afternoon's 4-1 victory for Pompey at home to Northampton Town. Just a work, uh, just a word there. Sorry, uh, Coatsy on uh, on Marlon Pack, the captain for Pompey this season. How do you think he's done in that role? Is is he the kind of leader that the Blues have needed to get out of this league? Do you know what I was thinking absolutely exactly about even before you got that wonderful interview with him I was thinking about how impressive he was on Saturday uh, I mean that the, the two assists for the opening two goals and that ball he pinged to uh, Paddy Lane was just wonderful and in that sense he leads by example I mean when the when the Cowleys brought him in I, I thought it was essentially cheating he looked leagues above but what I think's happened is that's been obvious to obviously other managers and they've tried to shut him down. But now we've got um, Pert Harris, we've got Lang, you know, you've got to shut them all down, not just Bishop and, and Pack and stop him playing these what this wonderful range of passing that he's got. And so I thought he had a little bit more freedom, just an opportunity to, to look up and play that ball into the right space. And he does it brilliantly on the head of a diving Ogilvy and then to Paddy Lone, who just took it perfectly with that first touch. And actually his first touch with both his goals was sensational. I know we'll talk about the goals later, but that vision, that passing, I, I think Pack is back. Is back. Um, let's let's go through um, the the team lineup before the game. Um, Mark four changes there was made by John Massinho from the two all draw with Oxford United uh, last Tuesday night. Terry Devlin, Sean Raggett, Joe Morrell, and Abu Kamara dropping out with Joe Rafferty, Tom McIntyre, Tom Lowry, and Callum Lang coming into the fold. We know Joe Morrell had a scan uh, had a scan on Friday in regards to a potential knee injury, and we await to hear further news um, on that one. But um, just want to talk about Joe Rafferty before we do head into the first break. He came back into the side on Saturday afternoon after a minor neck injury had kept him out of the frame for around about a fortnight. What did you make of his performance and how integral was he uh, to Pompey's victory? Yeah, I think um, Joe really helped rebalance the team. I think he put in a really underrated display. I don't think they got picked up or picked out much. Um, but yeah, I think, he, I think he was brilliant. I mean, Devlin... I just want to say, like, for his age and for the fact that he got asked to basically play in a position that he's probably not too familiar with, I think put in a really good shift. But there were small parts of his game and small aspects of his game, like his sort of in the final third, his decision making and perhaps his, his crossing ability wasn't what we're used to with Rafferty. Um, so, you know, I don't want to sort of throw him under the bus by any means. But you could see as soon as Rafferty came back in, that balance was sort of restored a little bit. And I noticed a lot from my position where I was sat as well. He's a, he's a very vocal player he's almost like another leader he's probably mm. member a member of that core group you know with pack morel rafferty he's a big big voice in, on that team and he was barking out orders all game which we probably missed as well absolutely and don't forget pompey fans back home if you want to have your say this evening we do welcome that uh, of course 81400 is the number you need to text start your messages there with the word express you can email pompey at expressfm.com find us on x at expressfm go to facebook.com forward slash pompey live or you can download our expressfm app from the apple app and google play store an interesting statistic from ben knapman um, the fleetwood town supporter you might remember um, he was on the foot 
Blauer just before Christmas when they came down to Fratton Park. Um, he has been going through the uh, points per game um, for all of the teams in League One on a week-by-week basis and an updated table from uh, uh, from after Saturday's results sees Pompey back into the automatic promotion fold with an expected 93.48 points on the board. Bolton would be champions at this current rate with 95.28 points on the board. Derby, Peterborough, Stevenage and Barnsley would make up uh, the playoff positions and down at the bottom of the relegation zone. Interestingly, again, this is just by points per game. It's just interesting to see the current rate and the trajectory of these particular teams. Relegated to League Two would be Carlisle United, Fleetwood Town, Cheltenham and maybe surprisingly, Charlton Athletic. Now, the Addicts have recently appointed a new manager. Michael Appleton uh, was dismissed a short while ago, just over uh, a week ago. Uh, they have appointed uh, former Luton Town and Southampton boss Nathan Jones at the helm at the Valley. So they'll be hoping for him to steer them away from the drop zone and back into a little bit of form between now and the end of the season. So Nathan Jones is now the new manager of Charlton Athletic. Right, we're going to hear from Pompey's own manager in the next part of the show. John Massinio has been speaking after Saturday's fantastic victory at Fratton Park. The first goal comes from a, from a set piece. It's been a while since we scored a set piece, which was really, really pleasing because, uh, you know, particularly with, with how hard Joe works on them and and, you know, we've got real quality in terms of delivery across the pitch and we've got players that really attack the ball. So I think um, that was that was really pleasing. Stick with us for more from both Mark Coates and Mark McGee, as well as that chat with John Massinho. The Football Hour returns here on Express FM in just a few moments' time. For the fans, by the fans. The Football Hour with Jake Smith on Express FM. Go by bus. Go greener with Stagecoach. Next stop, a cleaner, greener future. Did you know that if we all ditched the car and switched to a bus just once a month for a year, we'd save the UK 2 million tonnes of CO2? Switch to bus, because by switching, you can make a big difference. Get on board a Stagecoach bus for a cleaner, greener future. For more information, go to switchtobus.com. For the fans, by the fans. The Football Hour with Jake Smith on Express FM. Yes, it is. A very good evening and welcome on this Monday night to the Football Hour here on Express FM. Brought to you, as you've just heard there, by Stagecoach Across the South. Mark Coates and Mark McGee alongside me tonight before Jeff Dorsett takes over with the Soft Rock Show at 7 o'clock. And uh, Coatesy, back to Saturday. We're going to go through the match uh, now chronologically a little bit. Um, it only took Pompey five minutes to put the ball into the back of the net. Colby Bishop at a tight angle following uh, what was a parried Conor Ogilvy shot by Northampton Town goalkeeper Lee Burge. However, the linesman had his flag up for offside. We'll come on to talk about the actual goals in a moment's time, but that really set the precedent for what was to come over the next sort of 15, 20 minutes or so. Yeah, and it was um, it was a lightning start by Pompey. And I have to say by Pompey women as well, who opened the scoring early, didn't they? And, uh, yeah. and now we got... Pompey women and Pompey men, both top. And I tell you what, that'd be better than a double for me. Um, well, maybe not the FA Cup, but um, I think that I think that'll be a fantastic season to see the women and the men both win their respective leagues. That'll be uh, stuff dreams are made of, and I'm sure the Eisners will be rubbing their hands and hoping for that. But um, uh, I, yeah, I, I mean, they, I think the point is heads didn't go down as soon as that goal was offside. It was mm. it was borderline. I must admit, I haven't had a look. I don't know if it was definitely offside, but the heads didn't go down. They just kept at it with that same frenetic pace. I mean, I, I didn't think Northampton offered a lot going forward, apart from through Sam Hoskins. I thought him getting injured early on was also important. He was buzzing around and not their only threat. He had good, good, good aggression. Um, but we kept going and, and, and Paddy Lane obviously got in another couple of great positions. Uh, and and it, was, it was just, it was a great game. There were, there were quiet moments despite uh, all the events of that mm. that match but um but yes yeah, some some wonderful wonderful moments I, I think Pompey fans would have would have absolutely loved that it was much needed as well that that goal route yeah, and for the avoidance of any doubt, that that, that goal in the, in the fifth minute was offside. Um, Bishop had run just a little bit too um, quickly, but behind the, the defensive line. But only two minutes later, Mark uh, Connor Ogilvie headed in from what was an excellent ball in from the right hand side. Marlon Pack uh, dead ball situation from a free kick. Connor Ogilvie was there, the right man at the right time in the right place uh, to knock the ball in to make it one nil. Pompey on the seventh minute. Talk us through that goal, the the assist from Marlon Pack, the finish from Connor Ogilvie. Was it complete perfection from a Pompey perspective? Yeah, I think it was. Uh, it was a great goal. Um, I think 
her delivery was just magnificent from Pac and Pac's passing, especially like uh, I think I think in the last sort of couple of months, I think because he's got up to a bit more speed, his 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 overall form has been outstanding. You know, he can spread that ball around so nicely. And um, I think John Massino touched in his interview that we haven't scored from a set piece in a little while. So it was nice to see a score from a free kick. You know, it's not something that is in my recent memory, I have to admit. Mm. And it was great to see Ogilvy get back on the score sheet. And I thought, since he's come back into the side, in all fairness, he's been absolutely solid. You know, I think when a player's out for that long, you, you often forget what they offer you. And I think he's so consistent and so solid at defending and attacking. It's just nice to have him back in the side. It's just refreshing, our squad depth, isn't it? Yeah. Um, 16 minutes into the game, Coatsy Paddy Lane uh, had doubled the uh, the advantage for Pompey on his left foot. The keeper, uh, he did get a touch Lee Burge on it, but couldn't quite keep it out of the back of the net. Uh, and that came after, as, as Mark has just alluded to there, um, some fantastic play from Marlon Pack again. His second assist um, of the match on Saturday afternoon. A sprayed ball over from the left-hand side, right over to the right-hand side. Paddy Lane was pretty much cemented to the halfway line. Um, timed his run really, really well, stayed on side and ran the, the full length of that sort of half half of the pitch and uh, on his right foot, cut it back onto his left, put it in, into the far corner. Um, a, a, another example of a, a great ball from Marlon Pack and a good finish too. Yeah, I mean, that's the perfect example of the young Padwan uh, for Star Wars fans. <laughs> young um, Padwan. Paddy, <laughs> uh, Paddy Lane, Padwan Lane, uh, and the uh, the Master Jedi coming over at the end. And I love seeing the two of them uh, connect after that goal. Uh, and it was it was both of them. Uh, yeah, world-class ball over from Pat, but it's taken so well by Lane. And when you watch that goal carefully, you just see how good that technique is and, and his training, how well he's taken that on because um, he didn't, he didn't look to put it right in the corner. He made sure he kept the defender between him and the goalkeeper so that Burge couldn't see um, what was happening until it was too late. I mean, technically, it was such a strong finish. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about the other one later. I mean, he had a great day at the races, didn't he? Absolutely. Uh, 28 minutes into the game, a corner for Pompey. Did cause quite a few problems for Northampton. Ogilvy again, almost able to make it 3-0 uh, in that first half. Uh, Lee Berger dropped the ball and Ogilvy just couldn't quite get the connection on it to stick it into the back of the net. Uh, 42 minutes had gone. Mark when Mars Pitt Harris had won a penalty for the Blues after a slight push from Harvey Lintot. Um, just first of all, before we talk about the penalty itself, Mark, your, your thoughts on the penalty decision from reference Free Sam Perkins was it was it harsh on Northampton or is it one of those where if if a defender makes any sort of contact with an attacker in the box that he makes you know does he does he give a referee a decision to make? I think I think if I'm honest I think uh, but Harris I think went down um, quite softly but equally the defender should know better I mean he's he's not going anywhere he's uh, I thought sort of the momentum of the move had sort of slowed a little bit and he was driving him into the corner and. Defenders just got to be tight in that in that instance and just sort of you know don't show him the show, show him goal side and I think I think it's just naive defending to be honest I think on the day um, you know you had three burly centre halves uh, on the pitch for Northampton who uh, you know strength wise and in the air great but I think they've got to know better there and I think it showed a bit of lack of league experience um, especially when dealing with a player like Pert Harris in the final third. Yeah. Now the penalty itself, uh, Mark, um, Colby Bishop stepped up to take it. He did, of course, convert from the 12-yard spot um, against Port Vale um, a week prior um, away at Vale Park to, to give Pompey the victory there. Um, but that is his second missed penalty in the last three. He went the same way as he did in the match against Leighton Orient at Fratton Park back in January. Um is it a bad penalty? Does Colby Bishop maybe need to try some new ideas? Or is it pure, just unfortunate, but keepers guess the right way and we shouldn't maybe think too much into it? No, you know what? I think when he took the penalty at Port Vale, he obviously had some demons to exercise and um, he did that. But I noticed at Port Vale, there was a bit of hesitation over who was going to take the penalty. I noticed when they gave the, the ball to Colby, you know, he, you know he, he took a deep breath in. And I thought when he was awarded the penalty, well, sorry, when we were awarded the penalty and he was given it, his body language to me didn't look right. He didn't look like he was ever going to be scoring that penalty. You could tell he's still still scarred, I think, because his overall play was fantastic, as it always is. But for me, I think he's obviously got some demons there and he hasn't scored at Fratton Park in, in some time now, unless I'm mistaken. So maybe it's just getting in his head a little bit. Hmm. 
Right, we're going to get on to the events of the second half in just a few moments' time. But let's get more a reaction from Saturday's victory and hear what the gaffer had to say after the events at PO4. He caught up after the game with Andy Moon. John, that's a good day, surely. How pleased are you with that performance? Yeah, I'm, I mean, delighted. I think the, the first 45, we were, were excellent. We were right at it from the from the first whistle. Um, obviously got the two goals. My only disappointment at half-time was that we, we didn't go in further ahead, forget the penalty. We had um, quite a few other chances and didn't put the ball in the back of net. So, you know, a real sort of rampant display in the first half. Um, came out in the second half, it was slightly more cagey, but to respond like we did when we went down to 10 men was, was excellent. And to, to give ourselves a bit of grace, really, well, there's one thing we haven't given ourselves over the past... Um, you know, probably since beating Leighton Orient, is, is you give yourself the, the opportunity to concede one of those goals. We, we're not pleased that we conceded it, but I think it just you know it gives you a little um, uh, a little buffer, and and we did that, and uh, yeah, it was a comfortable end to the game. Let's talk about the red card. What's your, your view on it? I, I thought it was a good tackle at the time. Um, we've I've watched it back, but I've watched it on the wide angle on the far side, and um, I've seen a couple of sort of grainy TV angles on people's phones, so I, I didn't want to, um, you know, spend too much time on it. Uh, I, I guess from my point of view, um, when the referee blew his whistle, um, I wasn't sure which way the foul was going to be given, which probably sums up where my thinking was at. Uh, I just I just thought it was a, it's a good tackle. That's, um, I don't know how, how else he can, he can go into that challenge without seriously risking um, sort of dangling his leg and getting it broken, so really disappointed for... Um, for Tom, obviously, and yeah, we'll we'll review that over the over the next hour or so, and then decide what we're going to do with it. So potentially an appeal coming. Oh, I think any time there's a any time there's a sending off, unless it's blatantly obvious, we're going to look at that and um, and then make a decision. So we'll, we'll do that in the office now. Everybody that we we need to make that decision will be there, and yeah, I obviously have that done fairly quickly. Look, last two of Saturdays, it's been really hard for goals weren't flowing, but 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 they did today. What was the difference? I think uh, you know we, we put the ball in the in the back of the net at, at key moments. Um, obviously, the the first goal comes from a from a set piece. It's been a while since we scored um, a set piece, which was really really pleasing because uh, you know particularly with with how hard Joe works on them and um, you know we've got real quality in terms of delivery across the pitch and we've got players that really attack the ball so I think um, that was that was really pleasing. The, the second one was probably the that sort of area that I've bemoaned over the past few weeks when um, when our wide players or some of our attacking players have got into those areas and, and they haven't um, quite done enough to, to score and, and my frustration is that I know they've got that quality so Paddy put the ball in the back of the net, we, we had chance after chance after chance. Um, I, I think we were we were better than we've been in, in recent weeks today but um, if I compare this week to, to last week I thought performance is probably pretty similar from, from here to Port Vale but the difference was yeah, we did punish, them, punish Northampton and put the ball in, in the back of the net How you look back on your transfer deadline day and your window as a whole? Yeah, I mean deadline day uh, it was, uh, was, was fairly quiet across the board and um, I think that the, the window as a whole uh, has been really good for us if you look at the impact that the players have had today with, um, with Tom obviously um, coming in and playing with Callum coming in starting a game he's got two goals already in a Portsmouth shirt um, Miles looking a real threat and um, I think then the impact that we're going to have from from Owen uh, alongside the fact that we've um, we've brought Matt in and, and Josh in as well obviously I know Josh was here before I think um, you know, overall we when the dust settled we were, we were really pleased with that and what's the latest with Joe Morello? Obviously, he went for that scan yesterday, isn't he? Yeah, so the scan was late last night. Um, we may have the results, but it's, it's again one of those that's um, been deliberately, if it is kept from me, we might not have them back. So I haven't spoken to Steve yet. I will go and um, speak to him now if we've got them, and I'll, I'll let you know as, as soon as I can. Is there any indication at this stage? No, no indication. Just a really strange one with, with the knee. Um, there was no point in trying to assess it too much over the, um, the back end of the week. Um, it, it doesn't look like it's particularly nice with the swelling there, but again, it's impossible to assess without the scan because of the John Massino talking there to Andy Moon on the touchline after his side's 4-1 victory over Northampton Town on a Saturday afternoon. Uh, Coatsy back on to the events of the game. We'll come on to the second half uh, now. 54 minutes had gone with Pompey holding a two-goal advantage. Tom McIntyre sent off for a challenge on Mitch Pinnock. Um, now, this is the, the big elephant in the room and really the big talking point from the game. Unfortunately, after a really dominant display from Pompey overall, Tom McIntyre sent off on his debut after signing from Reading last Tuesday uh, sort of afternoon before that Oxford game. Your thoughts on that one? I mean, he gets the ball, doesn't he? 
I have to say, I thought that um, I thought the fans' reaction said it all. I thought the fans were superb on Saturday, absolutely outstanding. I loved that stand innovation they gave McIntyre, and and they hadn't even seen the replay, and and we have, and it's one footed. He's in control of it. He takes the ball ever so cleanly. He takes the ball first, uh, and there's no way that's that's a red card. And and John Brady, the Northampton manager, I don't know what he's talking. He's just talking absolute nonsense when he says that he thought it was a you know, that he thought it was a definite red card. Yeah. Absolutely no way that will be appealed. It will be a successful appeal, and Tom McIntyre can hold his head up because I thought we had a superb debut, and he was hard done by. Mm. And it, it's it's. So shocking as well, isn't it, Mark, to to see Tom McIntyre sent off. And look, we're sat here talking about this decision. Even without our blue tinted glasses on, you look back at the replays from two or three different angles and you can quite clearly see Tom McIntyre, he gets to the ball first, the ball pings off into a different direction and Mitch Pinnock goes under the challenge, rolls around a couple of times and and he he gets the medical team on. He's he's screaming out in agony. They come down, they roll his sock down, his shin pads off and, and, and... they do milk it a little bit because 90 seconds after Tom McIntyre sent off, suddenly Mitch Pinnock is back up on his feet and running around like a headless chicken. So is is that maybe somewhat the decision that referee had to make and go over and talk to his linesman? Do you think that maybe some, in some degree the reaction and the emotion of both Mitch Pinnock and, and his medical staff and indeed John Brady as well as, as Coates mentioned there, do you think that's had some sort of sway on the decision? Yeah, definitely. By all means, um, football's a mind game, isn't it, at the end of the day? But the thing is, the referee is the man who makes the decision. And I, and I understand his view probably was a bit uh, sort of, you know, probably wasn't the clearest. But that, for me, the linesman's got to know better in that position. Like, it's happening right in front of him. And he's got a better view than anyone else. And I thought it was a really poor decision because the referee actually goes over to the linesman and, and asks him for the for the opinion on the foul. Yeah. And the linesman is the one who suggests, well, from what I could gather from the body language is the one that suggested the red card which was really poor really really poor um and i don't like sort of you know blaming the officiating by any means but yeah i think they've got to be a bit smarter to what the players are doing there like you know they obviously know that well, they must realize that northampton are trying to coax coax a red card when there isn't one to be to be had so yeah a bit disappointing from the official there i think and, and coaxy as mark's mentioned there we we don't want to dig out referees all the time because look officials make mistakes Yes, but to make a mistake of that magnitude and with Pompey 2 up, that could have gone in a whole different direction. You're down to 10 men. You've still got over half an hour of a game to play. Northampton might have their tails up. They get uh, a consolation goal minutes later and suddenly it's a whole different ball game. That can have real big implications at the end of the season if, of course, Pompey don't, as we'll talk about in a minute, go on to use that adversity and actually, you know, <laughs> use it behind them to spur them on and get more goals. But those minute details in these games, yes, officials can make decisions, but you've got to be doing better than that. It's not even 50-50. It's one the ball, clearly, and it's a, it's a horrific decision. Yeah, I mean, it's it's terrible on every single level. I'm just... I'm so I'm stunned, still stunned at John Brady from the Cobblers after the event, uh, talking Cobblers. But um, <laughs> listen, he went he went over, didn't he, the referee, and he talked to his linesman. So he's done that bit right, and you don't know how much of that came from the lino. If it's all from the lino because yeah. he hasn't seen it clearly and he's had a bad angle, then it's the linesman. But either way, there's there's an official there that's got it very very wrong. Um, but do you know what? It's not a hard luck story in the end, no. and 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 that's the bit we're interested in now, and. It is indeed. Uh, three minutes later, uh, John Messina was forced into making a substitution. Mars Pitt Harris uh, was the victim of that red card as well. He came off with Sean Raggett coming on uh, to bolster the Blues out of the back to see them through the final half an hour of the game. And no more than a minute later, Pompey made it 3-0. Paddy Lane with his second of the game, make it, marking a brace for him at Fratton Park on Saturday afternoon. An excellent counter-attack from a Northampton three-kick. The ball was won by Callum Lang in his own half. He darted forward into the Northampton um, area, in, in, into their half of the pitch. Only one defender was back. He teed it off to Paddy Lane. One touch, put it forward, and on the edge of the D, um, just absolutely hammered it, um, sort of over the top of Lee Burge into the Fratton end. And, and that, Mark, was the uh, was the reaction that Pompey and the fans at Fratton Park really needed after that setback with McIntyre being sent off. And really, that, I, I, I don't think I've heard Fratton Park go that loud after a goal in a long, long time, but with the context of it all, with McIntyre being sent off and the frustration from the supporters to be let out with that third goal, you could sense that something exciting was happening on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, and and like I feel like that eruption from the fans was just 
all the pent up frustration from knowing full well that the sending off was completely unjustified. So it was just a complete release of emotions. But yeah, the goal was just brilliant. Like what, what a reaction to going down to 10 men. And I think, you know what, like on any other given day, let's just say that was a poor decision maker by one of our players and it, and it was a just red card and it was deserved. And maybe the players heads would have dropped, but I think they knew it wasn't a foul. They knew it wasn't a red. And I think that just spurred them on to do even better. And I think they probably got a bit of a confidence boost from Hof Hoskins being off the pitch and you know, Northampton were there for the taking at the end of the day. All, all due respect to them, they, they weren't great. They didn't really offer anything up front, to be honest. Um, and I think Cannon Lang, like razor sharp, like to knock that ball past the, uh, the Northampton defender. And just suddenly he's like, you know, one-on-one <laughs> -on -one with the keeper and squares at the Paddy Lane, who still had a lot to do and absolutely walloped that. So, yeah, just, just brilliant all round. Our attitude was just fantastic from start to finish. Refreshing to see Coatsy such a, such a clinical uh, counter-attack from Pompey. The pace from Callum Lang on the right-hand side to set that goal up was, was something that maybe we've been missing throughout the majority of the season, whilst we've been top for a long time. And it seems bizarre to maybe be, be picking points out of that. But a bit of pace on the wing is something that John Bassini highlighted he wanted to, to improve upon in the January transfer window. And, and Callum Lang has provided that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I started off talking about these new signings. I mean, you, you can't get away from it. Uh, but it was a goal route after a goal drought and the fans were drinking it in and they loved it. And that goal of all of them was uh, it was the piece de resistance. It really was. You know, if Thierry Henry was here, I'm sure he'd say that. Um, it was it was just stunning. And again, the technique from Paddy Lane just to take that. And it was slightly behind him. And I, I don't blame Lang for that because... Actually, the one recovering defender forced that pass to go slightly behind Lane, but he dragged it forward and then just finished it beautifully with his left foot um, up into that top corner. He took it at the right time. And once again, he's made a great decision. It's a wonderful finish. And just to see that Frattenen launch themselves into the air, like you say, with as much noise as I've heard in, in years, was an absolute joy. Fratton Park was full of joy. And uh, on the 70th minute, it was Pompey 4, Northampton Town nil. That rounded off a scoring from a Blues perspective. Mark Callum Lane with his second goal in as many games, signing for Pompey last Monday, just over a week ago now. A volley from close range after a Marlon Pack free kick had been nodded high, but not clear enough into the path of the new Pompey winger. Uh, and what an impact he's made to life at Fratton Park. A goal again for him on Saturday, an assist too. Um, and, and a great finish in a moment where, yeah, Pompey seemed to have wrapped the game up and seemed to be sort of cruising to victory. But th that kind of drop down to him, albeit from close range, that could have gone anywhere. But he's done well to keep it on target. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see he's a man playing with confidence. And, and I find that brilliant, really, like, because, you know, he's not had his, you know, um, he's not had his fair share of game time and he's not had the rubber of the green at, at Wigan. Um, but, you know, he's, he's a proven player at this level. I mean, when they went up a few seasons ago, he was outstanding, um, and he's, you know, he's he's been given uh, a lot of credit by the Wigan fans online. Um, I've got to admit, I didn't really know a great deal about what his game offered. I knew he was a player who offered a goal for it and could set up a goal, but I wasn't expecting someone to have such a big impact like he has. He just he just looks so up for it, doesn't he? He looks like a man possessed. He looks <laughs> he looks passionate. He looks he's just. Yeah, you're, 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 I think you're correct in what you said. He's, he, the answer to some of the questions we had with our wing position, and I think he has answered them. Yeah. Uh, Tom Chappell from 4-0 written all over it, saying, to a man exceptional exceptional on Saturday, Paddy Lane is up there with one of the most lethal Pompey wingers of the last decade. Three wins from four, 10 points from 12 is a really positive return. It is getting quite real now, potentially just 15 games between Pompey and the championship. Yeah, all right, Tom, don't get us too excited, mate. Uh, Joe Wood saying, if we do do it this year, we'll, we'll deserve it. Almost everything that can go wrong has, and uh, that is in response to uh, the news that Tom McIntyre left Fratton Park on Saturday afternoon in boot. Um, hopefully that is just precautionary. We know that he suffered a, a bit of an injury to himself with that challenge um, with the Northampton player Mitch Pinnock that, that got him ultimately sent off but hopefully that is just precautionary uh, for Tom McIntyre and we'll, I'm sure hear more uh, before the trip to Carlisle on Saturday. Um, Ryan Steelwell saying our response in key moments for a lot of this season coming from behind and stoppage time goals have been brilliant and this right here is another example. Uh, screwed over by a red card, fine, we'll just go on and score more. This team has got the mind and matter to finish the job and a final one from Matt Drabble, our very own Matt Drabble, saying Pompey were excellent 
Arguably the best the Blues have played since the reverse fixture. Um, Pack was magnificent. Rafferty, Ogilvy and Shockmancy also superb. But for me, that game was won by the positivity of Lang and Lane. The home side played like title challengers. Uh, Matt Drabble with his thoughts after Saturday's game. And just to round off the uh, the events of uh, the, sort of the weekend's match, uh, Coatsy, I want to talk about, uh, of course, that 89th minute consolation goal from the Cobblers. Uh, it made it Pompey 4, Northampton Town 1. That was how the game ended at PO4. Mark Leonard with a strike from just outside of the box. Um, and that is one that maybe, even from a Pompey perspective, you just have to just sit back, applaud it and go, do you know what? Fair enough. Do you know, it's absolutely fine to uh, to concede goals like that. He, abs- he thundered it in, didn't he, from outside the box. And no one's stopping it. No one's getting it. I mean, you could argue you should have had uh, a player on the box to sweep that away. But actually, it fell to him. It was pretty tight. And he found the gap. And it, it just came cannoning off that uh, the underside of that that crossbar uh exceptional goal yeah and i think we all we all applauded it and and those guys who made their what is it 500 mile round trip or whatever mm-hmm. it is um they deserved that as well uh because they, they they were good they were good not as good as we're going to be in the remaining <laughs> seven away games i'm sure um they'll all sell out um and if you don't mind me saying that that run in that 15 games really clearly for me breaks into two now we've got february yep. uh, and we've we've got three three games winnable games and then chart and a revenge game and then it's all about the spring offensive those last 11 games and you know i'm sure pompey fans don't need telling there's some big big names in there um but i after this game absolutely we can do it 100% we're winning that championship <laughs> truly <laughs> exciting times it really is getting to that stage now the business end of the season the January transfer window is done and dusted we're into February we're into the final 15 games of the season Pompey remain top of League One yes Bolton have got a couple of games in hand uh, as do Peterborough and Derby but they are start you know, dropping points on Saturday Bolton dropped points of course at home to Barnsley, that was of course a tough game for them at the Tough Sheet Community Community Stadium. Um, Peterborough losing at home to Wigan Athletic, a potentially shock result there at London Road. Derby County winning away at Charlton Athletic, but for two out of those three teams to drop points at the weekend and Pompey to get back to winning ways immediately after that two-all draw with Oxford United really um, is uh, a, a complete contrast to what we were talking about maybe three or four weeks ago after the Tavik to Lake Norrie and, and Cheltenham Town and all the like. It can just go to show how quickly things can change in the blink of an eye. We're in for an exciting end of the season and hopefully John Massini and the team can continue the way they have been over the past fortnight or so. Speaking of signings, over the past week or so, we have heard from the likes of Tom McIntyre and Owen Lang and Miles Pitt-Harrison, of course, Matt Macy uh, a fortnight ago as well. But the only player we haven't heard from from the January signings is midfielder Owen Moxon. Now, of course, Pompey travelled to Carlisle United this Saturday but uh, Max Swatton has been speaking to the Blues' fifth and final January transfer window signing about his move down to the South Coast. This is a massive club, obviously sitting at the top of the table now. I want to be getting promoted, so, you know, it matched my ambitions of where I want to be. And, you know, I'm delighted to be here and can't wait to finish the season strongly. We'll have that full interview with Owen Moxon to come, as well as the final thoughts of both Mark Coates and Mark McGee. We're in part three. We'll also be talking about the signings made by Pompey's League One rivals on deadline day last week. For the fans, by the fans, the Football Hour with Jake Smith on Express FM. Whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster, or just enjoying late night bus rides, from 7pm every day, you can take advantage of a Night Rider ticket taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your Night Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South for just £2.50. The world is your oyster. Visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. For the fans, by the fans. The Football Hour with Jake Smith on Express FM. Hello and welcome along for the final time tonight to the Football Hour here on Portsmouth's Express FM. Thank you for choosing us for your Pompey debrief. So far tonight, we've gone over all of the events from Saturday's 4-1 victory for Portsmouth's men over Northampton Town on Saturday at Fratton Park. And now we're going to come on to move on and talk a little bit about League One transfers and Owen Moxon. We'll hear from him in a few moments' time as well. But before we do all of that, just a recap of how the Pompey women have been doing this weekend. For a second consecutive week, 
They travelled to the AGL Arena to take on Ipswich Town, but this time it was league action for Jay Sadler's side. And it was a 1-0 victory they took from East Anglia, lead to Rutherford scoring a cracking goal within the first minute of the game. And that is how it all ended up at the AGL Arena. Pompey winning by a goal to nil. That means they retain their position at the top of the FA Women's National League Southern Premier Division. They are now three points clear of second place hashtag United with one game in hand. So big, big result yesterday afternoon for the Pompey women securing that 1-0 win away at it, which they do remain top. Uh, we also send our best wishes to Jazz Younger defender taking off in the first half of that game um, due to an injury. We hope that she can uh, get well soon and be back fit and firing for the Pompey women's next fixture. Right then, let's take you through uh, some of the news from deadline day and um, some signings. It was a, quite a busy one across League One, not necessarily for Pompey. They did sign Owen Moxon, who we'll hear from in just a moment or two. But uh, across the wider League One spectrum, Barnsley signing Connor Grant on loan from MK Dons with a view to make that deal permanent in the summer. Uh, a couple of signings for Oxford United as well. Jay Matete joining them on loan from Sunderland until the end of the season. And that wasn't the only signing made by Oxford United on deadline day. And a familiar face going to the Castam Stadium, you might remember from his time at Fratton Park, Owen Dale joining the U's on a permanent deal from Blackpool for an undisclosed fee. Owen Dale, the winger, formerly of Pompey, signing for Oxford United. Aaron Collins, a sign for Bolton Wanderers for an undisclosed fee from Bristol Rovers. So a big signing for the Trotters there. Uh, Matt Butcher departed Plymouth Argarland, joined Wickham Wanderers. Uh, that was the evening before deadline day, but a big signing nonetheless uh, for Wickham. Port Vale announced the loan signing of Alex Mighton from Nottingham Forest and Ephron Mason Clark moving away from Peterborough United to Coventry City on a permanent deal. However, the attacker will join the posh on a loan deal back until the end of the season. So big blow for Peterborough, yes, but Ephron Mason Clark will go back to London Road uh, until the end of the campaign. And a very bizarre one at, uh, also at Peterborough United. Uh, they signed goalkeeper Jed Steer on January the 4th. They uh, released him um, just a couple of days before deadline day. Uh, he had initially signed until the end of the season. And then on deadline day, they re-signed Jed Steer on a deal until the end of the season. They couldn't make their minds up of whether or not they wanted goalkeeper. So they just signed him back anyway. Right, let's hear from uh, Pompey's fifth and final signing of the January transfer window. What arrival for the Blues on deadline day, along with the recall of Destiny Ojo from his loan at Pool Town. Owen Moxon arrived at Fratton Park for an undisclosed fee from Carlisle United. He's been speaking to Max Swatton about the move. Now, I want to get straight into it. In terms of you as a player, for the Pompey fans that maybe haven't seen you play, what are your best positions on the pitch? Um, centre midfield. Um... I like to think I'm a bit of a box-to-box midfield player that does both sides of the game. Both sides of the game, as well as that, what are some of your sort of best attributes? I like to think, you know, I can create create goals, um, score goals as well. I want to add more goals to my game, so that's something I'm going to try and improve on as well, and hopefully bring to the team. But yeah, also defensively as well. Don't mind a tackle. Yeah, so looking forward to showing the fans what what I can do. You've listed quite a few there, both sides to your game in terms of attacking and defence as well. But what is it you think that really sort of makes you stand out from the rest? What do you really pride your game on? I just think hard work and you know commitment. I, I give 100% every game. Um, sometimes it might not it might not go in your your favour. You might not be having the best game, but you know you can always work hard and you know get stuck in. So that's that's what I pride myself on. So yeah. Let's talk about your career because you've got quite a story, haven't you? Take us through it in your words, where you started and, and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, um, so I started off obviously at Carlisle where I've just been. Um, I got released at 16 um, and I went over to Queen of the South in Scotland. And I was there for a few years, three years. And I went to Annan, um, which was obviously it was part time um, back then. But I signed for Carlisle last summer. Um, obviously, I had a great season last year. We got promoted, obviously, got to play at Wembley. Yeah, and then obviously being at Carlisle for the start of the season and then now joined here. So, yeah, it's been been a bit of a crazy career, but I'm absolutely delighted to be here at like a massive club. Um, 
you know, so I can, like I say, I can't wait to get started. As I said, you've got quite the journey, so I want, to, I want to delve into sort of pieces of it. Do you think when you were part-time, do you think that's really sort of grounded you as a player? Yeah, I think so, because obviously coming out of the full-time environment, going to part-time, um, you know, it made, made me realise, you know, how good I had it. Um, maybe things, I mean, I, I definitely worked hard, as hard as I could at, at the time to when I was full-time, but when you come out of it there's maybe aspects you think I maybe could have done more there you can always do more so I think that I've instilled that into myself even more than I already had it when I was full-time um yeah so it was it was a good good eye-opener to me and it just made me clear on where I want to be where I want to get to and when given the opportunities I want to showcase what I can do and you know I think I've done that and you know now I'm here I want to I want to do it all again, fresh start and prove to everybody what I can do. As you said, you, you signed for Carlisle on the back of, of being a part-time footballer at the start of the 22-23 season and then at the end of it you got a yeah. day out at Wembley, promoted. What's your assessment of your time at Carlisle overall? I absolutely love my time at Carlisle, you know, obviously I'm from there. I've got no, nothing but love for the club. Um, you know, I've grew up around there, brilliant fans amazing club amazing people um i've loved my time there uh, i just think it's obviously the right time for me to move on and you know this this is a massive club um it's obviously sitting at the top of the table now um i want to be getting promoted so you know it match my ambitions of where i want to be and you know i'm delighted to be here and can't wait to finish the season strongly that day at Wembley, winning the playoffs, a lot of people say if you're going to get promoted, then that is the way to do it. Yeah. You were man of the match as well. Do you really think that is the case? Yeah, I think obviously at the time, looking back, it's the best way to do it. I think if you asked everybody the way they want to do it, all the lads that play, like that is the way you want to, you want to go up. Um, at the time, though, I was definitely wanting the extra weeks off in the summer. But um, no, it was, it was absolutely amazing. You know, it was Great day in my career, my life. Um, I loved it. You know, I never thought I would be able to say I was playing at Wembley. You know, never mind winning the game, getting promoted. So yeah, I absolutely loved it. It was a great day. How has this season been for you so far? Um, found it found it challenging. Um, you know, obviously we at Carlisle we came up uh, last year, and you know it's a different different league. But um, I feel like I've coped with it well. You know. Um, just want to sort of kick on now and you know like I say fresh start um great club great team you know obviously played played against Portsmouth at Fratton Park and you know I found them a very hard team to play against so I can't wait to fit into that and you know show what I can do and and hopefully bring something to the team yeah you've experienced that Fratton Park atmosphere at first hand during that game there was yeah. a last minute winner from Connor Shocknessy as well Obviously, unfortunately, if you're on the wrong end of it, yeah, but yeah. how much are you now looking forward to, to being on the on the blue side of it? No, like I say, I can't wait. Um, I think it is cliche, like obviously saying I can't wait to get started, but I really can't. You know, I've obviously been. As soon as I found out about it, I've like I couldn't get here quick enough. You know, it's a long drive up, and I've just set off straight away, and I just want to get started, and you know, help help the team. You know, I want I'm I've come here to get promoted. Um, get the club starting to go where they want to be and back to where they should be, um, which is starting with getting promoted from League 1 to the Championship. So I've came here to do that and hopefully I can help in as much way as possible. You got that experience of promotion at the end of last season. So how much does that make you want to be successful here? Oh, definitely. I think it's one of them things, once you've done it, you just want to keep doing the same things over and over again. Once you've being promoted, you get a taste for it. Like, I just want to come here and win things. Um, obviously, first and foremost, I want to try and win the league. You know, if it doesn't go that way, you know, you want to get promoted through playoffs. So, yeah, just that winning mentality. Like, I just want to continue that. So you're signing from Carlisle. We're back up to Carlisle next week. What are you expecting that to be like? Um, I don't know. Um, obviously, like I said, I absolutely love my time there. Um, to club that's close to my heart as well so I'll be looking forward to going back up um, yeah hopefully it'll be a, a good reception but 
I don't know, like, we'll soon see, won't we, I suppose. Just finally, we're going to finish on sort of your aims between now and the end of the season. Just outline them both personally and as a team as well. Um, obviously, me coming in now, I haven't met the lads, but, you know, top of the league for a reason. I think me coming here, I want to be part of that. Um, I want to add to that and hopefully help us get over the line. Um, yeah, for me personally, I just want to come in and play as many games as possible and, like I say, just help help the best way I can to, to achieve the goal, which obviously is promotion. Um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. And bringing both uh, Mark Coates and Mark McGee back into the conversation now for the final few minutes of this evening's show. We've been speaking about Owen Moxon. We've talked about uh, the signings made by Pompey's League One rivals on deadline day um, as well. And uh, Coatesy, I just want to talk uh, a little bit about Owen Moxon. He came off a bench on Saturday afternoon for Pompey at Fratton Park. Um, got a few minutes in the tank. We didn't quite get to see maybe enough from him that we would have hoped for. But he's the kind of player, isn't he, that potentially with Joe Morell out for an extended period of time, depending on how bad that knee injury is. Um, he's got the potential and the calibre to be a really good player uh, for this side. And also the kind of attitude that John Massino wants from, from one of his teammates. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited to see him in action. I think it's good that he squared away his Fratton Park debut. I think that's a little bit of pressure off, but he looked good. He looked proficient when he came on. Straight away, he was into a tackle, wasn't he? Uh, bringing someone down. We've heard that about him. He's got everything to his game. He's a box-to-box midfielder is how he describes himself. And I was talking to uh, to Dan Shaw, and he was who I was commentating with for QA Hospital Radio, and he said he's got a friend in Carlisle who said he'll try a few things sometimes that might not come off every time but when they do they'll leave you weak at the knees so I think we can expect quite a lot from Moxon and, and I'm excited to see him turn out in blue again and again hmm. and we were speaking a few moments ago uh, Mark about the, the signings made by uh, some of the other teams in League One over the course of January and on deadline day as well Bolton Wanderers they uh, they recruited Caleb Taylor on loan from West Brom and Chalby and Aaron Collins signing for an undisclosed fee from Bristol Rovers. They've certainly strengthened. Peterborough fans not too happy uh, with, with what they've done in January. Very bizarrely, actually, they they signed goalkeeper Jed Steer on the 4th of January um, until the end of the season. On the 29th of January, it was announced by the posh that Jed Steer would leave the club. And then on deadline day, they announced the signing of goalkeeper Jed steer um that was probably about as exciting as it got for peterborough united um it was also announced that um mason efron clark would join coventry city on a permanent deal he's been loaned back to peterborough united until the end of the season but mark i just want to get your thoughts on now who you believe will be really the, the contenders for automatic promotion between now and the end of the season now personally i don't think that top four of pompey bolton derby and peterborough changes but i want to know from you mark who do you think hopefully Pompey as well. But who do you think will be the biggest contenders for that second automatic promotion spot? Oh, I mean, for me, it's, it's, it's Bolton. They're, they're a brilliant team. Um, you know, I think at the start of the season, I wasn't sure whether they'd like run the race this season, but they, they have. And um, like you've touched on there, the recruitment in January for them, they're probably just as happy as we are. I mean, Aaron Collins, like what a player. He's a player I've admired. Um yeah, I mean, he's what well, he's reigning League One Player of the Season. I think from well, you know, he's he's got that crown currently from last season. I think he's got a very very high number of goal contributions um, in terms of assists and goals, and he's he's a bit unorthodox. He's quite tall for a sort of winger come forward. So very exciting signing for them, I think. Um, and yeah, they're strengthened in the right areas. It's going to be a very very exciting end. Uh, well, sorry, rest of the season. Yeah, um, and. You know, like it's it's good that Bolton have strengthened. I mean, I think <laughs> in in a weird way because you know the pressure's on. Sometimes the pressure can can help us uh, and and challenge our players to to raise their level even more. Indeed. And uh, just really the same similar question to you, Coatsy, just to round off uh, tonight. Pompey, Bolton, Peterborough, Derby County, the current top four. Barnsley maybe sniffing just below uh, in fifth position as well. In your opinion, Coatsy, who do you think is uh, maybe the, the biggest challenge for Pompey for that second automatic promotion? And, and are there any other sides that maybe we haven't mentioned that you think might, might be able to sneak, sneak in there as well? No, I think it's those those four. I absolutely think it's those four, which is why it was not. It wasn't just about our result, was it? On Saturday, we felt good because there were a couple of other teams around us dropping points. Um, I think Oxford have drifted out of it now. Um, at one stage, they they were in that pack, but it's about those four sides 
Bolton are the best out of all of them. We dealt with them beautifully before we had these new signings. And I think we're going to do the same again. Like I said, that spring offensive, those last 11 games where we've got all those big teams to play. We just need to square the next four away, get February done. And then we're in control. You know, God willing, no injuries. We're absolutely in control of our own destiny now. Mark Coates, thank you very much for your contributions this evening. It's been great to have you back on the football. Let's get an early score prediction, if we can, uh, for, for this weekend's trip to Carlisle United. I'm sure this might change come the weekend anyway, but if I were to ask you now, how do you think Pompey will do up at Brunton Park on Saturday? With the new sign-ins, we're going to break them down. It's going to be 3-0. I love it. Uh, Coatsy, thank you very much for your, for your time this evening. It's been great to have you, and I'm sure we'll hear from you uh, between now and the end of the season. Absolute pleasure. Cheers, mate. Mark Coates, thank you very much for your time. Mark McGee, please, your score prediction for Saturday. Uh, if, of course, you wanted to give us one this early on, what do you reckon? I'm going to go for a, for a 2-0, I think. A clean sheet and, um, yeah, just a steady victory, really. would be nice. Mark, likewise, mate, it's been a, an absolute privilege to have you on the Footblower. Thank you for your, for your time and your contributions and your efforts. And, um, yeah, hope to hear from you again soon, mate. Yeah, thank you very much, mate. I'll speak to you soon. And a reminder then that uh, no midweek fixture for the Blues this time around. Uh, of course, it is other teams around them in League One that have those games in hand. Bristol Rovers taking on Fleetwood Town uh, tomorrow evening, the 6th of February. The first of six games taking place in League One tomorrow night. Alongside uh, Burton Albion taking on Cheltenham Town. Cambridge United hosting Bolton Wanderers. Exeter City versus Peterborough. Port Vale versus Leighton Orient and Stevenage at home to Reddings. So uh, some pretty big games in League One tomorrow night. But as we mentioned, Pompey out of action. They are next back in action this coming Saturday. They make the longest trip of the season, not just so far, but overall. Carlisle United, for the first time since 2017, Pompey will be making the trip right up to Cumbria. Brunton Park is the venue for Carlisle United versus Portsmouth. You can join us for all of the action here on Pompey Live. Here we go. Pompey Live. It was a winning start to February for Portsmouth. Charge for Lang. 4-0 Portsmouth. Lang has 2-2. Two two. Portsmouth maybe down to 10 men. They've got a 4. It's just a 12-hour round trip next for Pompey fans and a away day in Carlisle awaits. Join us for all of the unmissable action this Saturday from 2. Every kick, every goal, every game is right here on Express FM, Pompey Live. With Aquacars. Yes, that's right. Pompey Live back this Saturday afternoon from 2 o'clock with all of the action as the Blues travel to Carlisle United in League One, looking to retain their position, of course, at the top of League One. We'll be with you from two through till six o'clock. But of course, before then, we've got plenty of football to come on Express FM this week. Henry Deacon returns with Over the White Line this Wednesday evening from six through to seven with all of your non-league news and more on the Pompey women's victory over Ipswich yesterday afternoon as well. And of course, on Friday night, I'll be joined by two more Blues fans to preview that long trip up to Brunton Park on Saturday. That 80 show with Kevin Stokes is here from 9 through until 11 this evening. He'll be warming up the hot seat for Josh Bowness, who will be delivering express hits from 11 through to the early hours of Tuesday morning. Jeff Dorsett is up next with the Soft Rock Show. Until next time, Blues fans, take care and good night.